We Watch This is brought to you by the BYNK Podcast Network, where you can listen to several different podcasts, such as Sex with Friends with Wit Janae, or you can listen to the Social Introvert Podcast with Sid Davis, or you can listen to anything Carefree Black Nerd, Rain Coleman, which he is actually going to be doing our first musical podcast where he's going to break down the new Beyonce album, Renaissance. Be on the lookout for that. That's going to be great. Coming up, a wise man once said, look at the ocean and realize no matter how famous you are or how much money you make, you'll never be as important as the ocean. This week, poetic justice. If you listen to me closely, I'll tell you what I know. Storm clouds are gathering. The wind is gonna blow. The race of man is suffering, and I can hear the moan. Cause nobody, but nobody, can make it out here alone. Her name is Justice. The only reason why I love you is because I was in the county jail. You sent me all them nice poems. To escape the violence of the streets, she needed the poetry in her heart. You've got to move on. There's another man out there somewhere. His name is Lucky. What y'all niggas doing? Looking for some busters to jack. To face the madness around him. All he had was the music in his soul. Fate brought them together. This is Justice. Justice, this is Lucky. And you already know Chicago. What's up, baby? Baby. Anger kept them apart. I'm a black woman, okay? I deserve respect. Walk your ass home. But for both of them... Girl, you know he tripping because he like you. The road ahead was the only way to leave the pain behind. I heard from a friend today, and she said you were in Columbia Pictures presents a story about losing your fear and finding your way. What do you write about? I was in my heart. What's that? Janet Jackson. Tupac Shakur. Poetic Justice. From the creator of Boys in the Hood. this where season three we are celebrating 
Spike Lee and John Singleton. We're celebrating their direct, them directing a lot of the movies that we have seen and kind of helped shape us. My name is Cole Jackson, and I am here with a with the with the host, the co-host that's always here on a regular basis, doing his thing, per normal. Mr. Rain Coleman, what's up, man? Bro, what was that? What's up, y'all? I'm back here doing my thing, regular as normal. You know what I'm saying? I didn't Enjoying know what to thing. say. <laughs> This nigga. <laughs> this, is, this, is the, nine to five this, is, this is the second time I've done this. I ain't know what to say. Hey, look. Got 2.5 kids, white picket fence, a wife who's a high school sweetheart. Man, we are doing our normal, regular shit. It you know has been it has been a it's been a long week, man. It's been a long week for me. Who so Poetic Justice was released July the 23rd, 1993. Here's the synopsis of the here's the synopsis that I found on the internet for the movie. Grieving hairdresser Justice goes on a road trip from South Central LA to Oakland on a mail truck on a mail truck alongside a friend and postal worker which she cannot stand but still falls in love with. I was trying to say it in my white man voice. Um this was directed and written <laughs> that's how they go put it on the TV. This was directed and written by John Singleton. I think for a lot of people this ranks pretty high. Uh in their black movie library. Rain, where does this rank in your black movie library currently? Pretty low. No, um, <laughs> Nostalgia Sake puts it up there. Just because, oh, this was such a great movie from my childhood. But rewatching it, no. This was a terrible love story. I was not supposed to be watching this as a child in the 90s. This is a, definitely an adult movie. Um yeah, it's toxic and terrible, and the main character learns nothing. <laughs> she learns nothing. You mean justice, she right? Put her hair in a ponytail. Yes, justice. Okay, that's it. Justice learns nothing. <laughs> so <laughs> I keep this still in. It is still in my in my black movie. Um, love, love you know the mo- black movies I love. I still Makes keep this. Up, yeah, yeah. yeah. But it it after the rewatch it did fall down a couple notches. Uh, man, S- story's a little scattered. There's some things here that we don't get. Um, there's some things that people don't learn shit from. But do you have to learn anything from? No, certain movies is just there to be movies, right? Comfort, comfort movie. I do. I still enjoy it. Is yeah, I like it. <laughs> Um, this was a follow-up to Boys in the Hood. Um, he John Singleton was riding really high off of off of Boys in the Hood. They came out, and this was his follow-up to it. I, I think it was awesome that he was able to get Tupac and Janet Jackson in this movie. Took a little bit of wrangling to get them in here. Um, can we start with the love story? When everyone shows up, yeah. <laughs> Like, what love story? <laughs> you don't think this was a good love story? It was a good slice of life story. Mm-hmm. I don't think love story is is what I would give this. I, I when explaining the movie, sure I'll say, "Oh, it's a love story." Such a, but like when I'm looking at it and the events of the movie, that's not love. Maybe after the credits roll, there was a love story. I mean, the end. The, movie, the end was what. The end. I mean, was they have a conversation and he's just like, I, I messed up and it took me a while to come down here, but you know. 
And also, here's this child. Be her stepmom. Here, do her hair. Now, he didn't say that. Now, okay. Yeah, he didn't. He didn't, but let's, come on. Let's not do that, Rain. Come on now. Mm. This is a, (laughs) stop putting 2022 rules in 1993. Can't do that. I'm good. 92. That's, even the 93 standards, this ain't no damn love story. This is, this is, I don't know. Okay, hold on. It's a story of affection. I'll say that. <laughs> um, <laughs> a story of affection. Jesus. Actually, since you're from Chicago, Chicago, I'm sorry, California, <laughs> I, being from the Midwest, mm-hmm. was very confused at this 13-hour road trip. Was South Central in, in Oakland not? near each other no nigga that's no Bro, I had that's no north that's like, they're going north that's um that's northern california going to oakland i guess a, that's a long ass trip hell no nah, that ain't that ain't no jump I, niggas, look, niggas, my <laughs> whole life i thought this shit was like next door no nigga you, you can take a flight to la <laughs> hell no the south hey. city, no nigga you can't do that that's a trip Bro, i was like i know i've seen this on insecure <laughs> i know they was in south central right i was like Bro, even as a kid, I was like, shouldn't those be closer? Are they Arizona? No. <laughs> Just like an insecure when he was like, when, what's the name? was like, I got to move to San Francisco. She was like, oh, I can just fly. Like, yeah, that's a trip. No, I, that. I get San Francisco from LA. Oakland too. No, no, but me as a kid, I didn't know. And even now, I was like, <laughs> is, is, are they not next door? Is that not Atlanta and Dunwoody? <laughs> like, what the fuck is that? But... Oh, no, nigga, that's a that's a trip. You can't just go to LA. To me. It ain't like we just like, hey, we just gonna drive to LA. It's gonna only be an hour. No, nigga, that's I a drive. It was the same space. I thought it was like maybe thirty minutes apart, bro. Because <laughs> I was like, nigga, did they take the scenic group? <laughs> These niggas is in flyover states, no green grass, long ass road. No, man, that ain't how that works. All right, well, tell me correct it. <laughs> um, I wanted to touch on. Okay, so let's get into let's get into the to the Janet Jackson acting um tree or list tree. <laughs> so Janet, she like she's a tree. <laughs> so Janet has been in quite a few movies. Um, I mm-hmm. think. If I'm not mistaken, this was her. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, y'all need to stop. So Poetic Justice, like, of course, we know that Janet Jackson was in Good Times and in Fame and stuff like that. And if I'm not mistaken, this was her first, like, real acting role. Mm-hmm. How do you think she did in the movie, right? I honestly thought she did okay. She kind of fell flat at some parts, but... When I think of her, I think of Beyonce and Obsessed. Obsessed was a wild-ass movie that should have been made in the 90s. Uh, Beyonce is not the greatest actress, but for the movie that we got, I think she fit. Same thing with Janet here. This was a pretty good movie. I think for the most part, she delivered and she did a good job. Um, And I like that this type of movie was a movie she could kind of cut her teeth on and be someone as an adult who at that time I don't think she was able to be or no she wasn't portrayed that way so all in all I do think she did a good job I think there were other actors that probably would have done better 
but I do think she did a pretty good job in the movie. Yeah, I have to agree, man. Like, I like Janet in this, and I think this was like her first, like, real kind of like going into adulthood movie role. Um, and you know, once we get past this, we start going into like the clumps, and then we start going to like <laughs> her her uh, Tyler Perry Tyler face. I still don't understand why she was anyway. Because Eddie Murphy. I I really would have stayed with uh, Jada Pinkett. I I would have liked that kind of continuity. But what do I know? The continuity wasn't like it is back then. How it is now? Yeah, we can't get like no Nerdy Professor universe. I guess the Steve Harvey show the first season they they switched out like three or four people. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, continuity. The nineties didn't give a damn about continuity. Right. I like I liked Janet in this movie. I liked that she was. First of all, can we just say she was beautiful in this? She As was. Hell. She looked amazing in this movie. To and the point where, and I don't know what this is gonna sound like. I really don't care. I don't mean no harm, but she looks so much like her brother. But she is very beautiful. Mm-hmm. Like uh, patriarchy and beauty standards aside, when you see siblings or relatives who are of different um, genders. And they're still, because Michael Jackson wasn't nothing to sneeze at. He was a good looking man too, but mm-hmm. for her to look so much like him, but she'd be so beautiful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You can tell them Jacksons now. Oh, for sure. Them Jacksons, <laughs> you can tell that's they in the, like, you look at all them Jacksons, them Jacksons look all alike like, now. Even the ones that ain't the, the, the toys and whatnot, they right. have the same face. Yeah. Them Jackson, them Jackson jeans are strong. Because <laughs> you look and, uh, at them, you just like, oh, water. that's one of them Jacksons. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I I thoroughly enjoyed um Janet's role in this movie. I think when at first I was just like, there's no way Janet Jackson could be hood. And she kinda was. She pulled it off a little bit, you know what I'm saying? She did what she had to I do. Mean, she 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 from Indiana, ain't she? Yeah, she from Gary. I don't know if Gary was as thug as thugged out as he, as it is now. You know, Gary, you Man. can't even go up in the gear. It ain't just like Compton, my nigga. Um that's next though, though. Yeah. But I think she did a very good job with what she had. And I think she pulled off what she needed to pull off. Mm-hmm. I like roles like this for Janet. Like, I just think those types of... Not to say that, like, the newer roles that she did when she was on the clumps and... Um, when she, <laughs> why you laugh when I talk about the clumps? Because <laughs> Eddie... What the fuck was that? I mean, he was in his bag, but like, what the fuck are we doing? <laughs> when she was in that, and, mama's out. <laughs> and then once we get to like, why did I get married? And those those movies, it was and for colored girls and stuff like that. I, I, that's when she was like the intellectual, and she was just like, I'm I'm very smart and and all this other stuff. So I get, we get to see evolution. Do you feel like Janet Jackson should have did more movies? Honestly, yeah. Um, I think that especially with the Super Bowl shit coming years later, I think she should have been more involved in film, specifically black film. Mm. Um, she is a black like icon or whatnot, or even crossover to a lot of white movies because I think that well I can't speak on that. It perhaps would have helped her mm-hmm. around that time. Yeah, but just seeing her in this movie. I like seeing people who 
are perceived a certain way and can take roles that are a bit different. Mm-hmm. So when I do see the the pop girls and the R&B boys who want to cross over into film, I want to see you play a maniac. I want to see you play a hood person. I want to see you play somebody who's like a superhero, something so far removed from you. Mm-hmm. So it would have been nice to see her take a lot of different roles that even if they all kind of fell flat, mm-hmm. just to have that filmography as a Janet Stan would be nice. Do you feel like I agree? I feel like she, I, yeah, I agree with everything that you said. Do you feel like she got blackballed after the suit? Do you think Hollywood didn't want to mess with her after the Super Bowl situation? Yeah, I think whenever a black person, specifically a black woman, is so powerful and so iconic, there is, now I don't care what you say, some sort of agenda to not have them be as, uh, to hold on to that for too long. Mm-hmm. And I think in this day and age, you could do a better job. Again, I'm going to keep referencing Beyonce. Forgive me if y'all hate her. But if you look at her evolution and how she is in control of her narrative and have been for decades, mm-hmm. you can't cancel her. You can't cancel a motherfucker who, doesn't re- who don't rely on you to get their numbers, to get their dollars, to, and they're more in control of their brand and everything. So looking at Janet in the 90s and then moving up through this like internet space and social media and then Justin Bitches, um, I think that even if they weren't looking for a reason to get rid of her, the opportunity arise with that event. Because I can't think of any other thing that could have been done or had been done prior to that that would have resulted in uh, blackballing, uh, canceling Janet. Like, yeah. no, what is what has she done? You, her brother and the shit that he dealt with or, or, or went through, whatever. Yeah, they're close in proximity, but she was enough of her own person that that she could get some blowback from it, but mm-hmm. still survive. Yeah. So yeah, I, I think so. Yeah, I feel the same way, man. I, I, now, uh, let's be clear. Janet Jackson was basically Beyonce in, in, in the 90s. Absolutely. Like, before there was Beyonce, there was Janet Jackson. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Some probably might argue Mariah Carey, but I don't really feel... I think Mariah Carey But Janet was, came before Mariah. That's what I'm saying. But at that mm-hmm. time, at that space, I think a lot mm-hmm. of people... Mariah Carey was more of, like, the transition from from Janet to Beyonce. Because Absolutely. Mariah was in both, of, she just came at the right time to be in mm-hmm. both of those eras. You get what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like we we we're getting we're coming to the end of Janet Jackson. Mariah Carey was like the bridge to get into Beyonce, and when Beyonce's career was starting, Mariah was still on top. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. I mean, you know, that was like Destiny's Child until we came up to like Beyonce's first album, and then we're oh, we're kind of winding down the Mariah Carey thing and we're moving into the Beyonce era if we're being and clear. Mariah was never a dancer. Not in the way that Janet and Beyonce are. So exactly. that's another thing. Like you get Janet, then you get that transition of Mariah who's like this big pop diva, but then you get a return to form with Beyonce mm-hmm. hopping and doing X Men moves all across the stage mm-hmm. and still singing like she's in the studio. So yeah. Yeah. I agree. Yeah, I, I think it, I think it's a shame that we didn't get her more in the '90s. I think she would have fit in a lot of different space movies, mm-hmm. movies in the '90s because this is a this movie's from '93, and we had plenty. I think we had plenty of time to be able to fit her in, like to different movies that we had coming out. 
and I think she would have fit right in. I don't think she, her 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 acting in this movie was bad at all. I think she did what she had with the what the what she knew the assignment and she stick she stuck with it. Mm-hmm. Um, I I just feel bad that we didn't get enough uh, of her. Like I would have loved her in the Best Man, or I would have loved to see her in maybe Love Jones or something like that. You know what I'm saying? I, I think I think we missed a. I, I think we missed a lot of stuff with not having Janet in a lot of these 90s movies. And I feel like she probably would have brought something more to the table. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but then also, is that what she wanted? Is that like, did she want to do movies and want to get in mm. the roles? Or was it the music was more important? Yeah. Um, yeah. A good, that's a good, that's a good question. Or that's, that's mm-hmm. a good, that's a good point. Um, so let's go into Tupac. How do you feel about Tupac? Because uh, these are we're talking about the two leads. Um, of course, uh, Janet Jackson being the woman lead, and then we have Tupac being the male lead of the movie. Now, how did you feel about Tupac on uh, in this movie? I thought he did good. I thought he played himself from what mm. I remember of him back then. But I think he's a pretty good actor. Because um, even with me, like thinking about a recast, I'll tell you now, I wouldn't want him to be played by anybody but Tupac. Mm. I think Lucky really did. I think that's a good example of someone who is a music artist getting into film and having roles that suit them. Mm -hmm. Because this role, I could see someone else playing it, sure. But this isn't a role where I'd be like, oh, this nigga can't act out. You know, Denzel should have did this. This is not it. Mm -mm. I think this, this fit with him, you know, regardless of this South Central, LA, Compton, whatever, but you're from that space. And so for well, me as a Midwestern kid. Let me just say ahead. this. The the um the differences between Southern California and Northern California is a lot it's a there's there is a lot of differences between the two. Um people would say that LA was a lot faster. Like, you know, people looked at Northern California, especially the Bay Area it's not as fast as L.A. So you get what I'm saying? Like, a lot more was happening. Like, I, re- I distinctly remember growing up, like, if you was a kid, you always had a cousin that lived in L.A. that did music. Yep. You know what I'm saying? Like, I got a cousin in L.A. that's doing music. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's mm-hmm. that was your bra- that was your bragging point until we started getting our music together and actually, you know, the Bay Area being such a, a force. The thing about Tupac was, for me, um, this was... Seeing Tupac on screen, like, like th- this was like one of the best th- things I, I had ever seen when I was a kid. I was like, yo, this is dope. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, that's Pac. Mm-hmm. And he doing, uh, a, 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 you know, he he, he driving to Oakland. <laughs> and, um, you know, for everybody who don't know also, um, this is post-LA riots too. Like, this movie oh, was yes. set post-LA riots, which you see in the scenery. A lot of people don't really realize that. But, you know, this was filmed actually during the riots. Um, I have something in Movie Nerd Knowledge that I'll, I'll, I'll call back to when um, I'm saying this. But it was so cool to see Tupac do this. And it was amazing. Like, I just felt like, especially when you see here, going later on down the line, um, what he, he did in acting. You know, a lot of people were saying at the time or like after he passed, like he was going to be the next James Dean. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's what people looked at him as. Uh, I felt like Pac was was transitioning as well. 
But I don't think I could see anybody else playing Lucky than Tupac. I think he did an amazing job. I think he did exactly. He knew the, he knew the assignment. He did what he's supposed to do. And and I, I don't see I don't see anybody else doing this. And on top of that, I personally feel like him and Janet had great chemistry together. Like I felt like the chemistry was like off the charts between those two. What about you? You think the same? They did, but just just a testament to um, Janice acting. Because I don't know if you're gonna hit it on movie nerd news, but I got something that we've been hearing since I was a kid. Yeah. Okay. We'll we'll get into it. We'll get into it. There's some things in the movie <laughs> that are missing, and I need to know these things. First thing. What the hell? Where's the storyline with Haywood? Okay, so Haywood yep. is the light-skinned hairstylist. He gets mm-hmm. a phone call in the beginning of the movie, and we don't really go back to it. And it's terrible news, and we don't follow up on this. We're to assume that he got a disease. You know what I'm saying? Because... So, well, they don't even state it, but I guess the way he was acting, I, 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 I'm I thinking that he's a gay man. I, mm-hmm. I'm get This is me guessing. So Yeah, I would venture to say that as well. And he gets a phone call, and it's bad news, and he's in bad spirits all through his scene, and we never touch back on it again. We get to the end where they're at the hair show, and he's celebrating. Mm-hmm. Um, What happened? <laughs> and why didn't we get I- this beast, this be... This B story. Which is so weird because I thought he had a lover who was killed. I don't know what that's what huh. my mind went. But then seeing him and Dexter's interactions, I was like, are they fucking? So exactly. the, the call with Dexter's presence in the movie was very weird. It's very weird. Because he's like, you know, I'm dealing with real shit right now. And I'm like there's missing scenes or there's a C plot that was never touched again. Yeah. Cause he, we get this, like I said, and they don't even really say I, and maybe I just didn't pay attention. I don't recall them saying what the call was about. I don't, if they did, I, I overlooked that. Cause I, I assumed that it was a lover was killed or hurt something because that scene and him and Jesse talking, I must be misremembering, but I was like, okay, maybe. Because then we skip forward, and then there's an argument between him and the other guy, and he's like, where's my brush? And he was like, why are you always taking my stuff? And then he goes into, like, I was all state uh, safety and football, football yeah. and he's like, today ain't the day. He said, today's not the day. He's like, I got your bitch. And I was like, wait. What that did I scene, miss? What you no no, I'll tell you what you missed. From that phone call to that scene, the entire movie of school days happened. And that was Dap <laughs> and Julian. And he said, I'm from Detroit, Motown. Like, because that's the only thing that makes sense. Are they fucking exactly. Hamwood did no hair. Hamwood didn't do a blick of hair in this whole movie. Dexter, who's supposed to be straight or perceived as straight. This nigga was getting money, filling on the clients, getting paid. Okay, so I wasn't the only one that seen that because he was no, just he like, was, he was, yeah. I was like, hey, brother. And, <laughs> see, the thing for me is this is the 90s. So 
queer representation. It was very different. Mm-hmm. And what made that creepy to me is that Dexter was not coded as gay. Mm. Still wouldn't make a writer for gay men was feeling known, but there's a different perception to a gay hairstylist like rubbing a girl's neck than a heterosexual man. Mm-hmm. And we could even make the argument that maybe Dexter was DL and him and Haywood had a thing. That's fine See, and good. That, but uh, okay, let me. I didn't mean to interrupt. No, go ahead. I felt like they were, to me, I thought they were lovers. Mm-hmm. And then, because it, why y'all having an argument? I don't, the way they was arguing. Mm-hmm. You get what I'm saying? So I'm like, like y'all no, niggas like doing something? It, or you buy? Like, is the other dude buying? did too much with the script. Because Haywood's conversation, the arguments with him and Dexter throughout the movie, and then fast forward to the end, when, um, what's her name, was talking to the girl with the red dress, and like, are you stay away from my man, such and such. They were talking about some random nigga named John. I thought they were talking about Dexter. I'm mm. thinking he fucking the clients. Like, everything was so unclear that my mind was, like, making these connections because they failed it in the movie. Right. I, too, thought that maybe Dexter and Haywood either fucked around before or Haywood knew some shit about him. Okay, where's my brush? Time my shit disappearing around here. Hey, what? Why are you always borrowing my shit without asking? I asked you this morning if I could borrow your brush for a rap that I had to do, and you said yes, and I have returned it to you. Yeah. Why are you gonna cry about it, Dexter? Sound like my little niece. I got you, bitch. Okay, I got your bitch. No, uh-huh. you, you calm do. down. What you want to do? Calm down. Not here. Bring it out. Isha, what you doing hey, seeing This wasn't now? handled well. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, the argument is for face value is about a brush. Mm-hmm. But it to me it was like, it's something deeper there that I'm I'm missing. Or they're not explaining. And I was like, could you give me a little exposition, please? Cause I'm I'm lost. Yeah. Cause it Two niggas ain't finna go at it about no damn brush like that. I mean, perhaps. Because I could even accept that Dexter is just is straight. If you had something else stating how irresponsible Haywood was. Mm-hmm. So he is always taking this nigga shit. So I can get on your head about that. And then this is the one time where Haywood could say, well, no, I actually asked you for this, but you're so busy filling on these women that you forgot. Yeah. There's something missing here, regardless of if you want to say he has a disease, mm-hmm. they're fucking around, they're just angry because they're two men bumping heads at a salon. There's something missing, no matter where you want the story to go. Right. Right. I agree. It was it was odd. So that was, that was something that was missing out of the movie. Another thing yeah. that I got confused. So, um, J Bone, played by what? The, was he here? The rapper Tone Loke. Um, What's the point? Who is he? <laughs> who is this nigga? That's J Bone, nigga. You know, he the one who's taking care of Keisha. So I'm like, is he? Is he her boyfriend? Uh, clearly, he's another baby daddy. Mm-hmm. Is he her pimp? Is he? Who is this nigga? I think he was just a nigga who 
did illegal stuff, you know, as his occupation. And he's a pharmacist. He's a street happened. pharmacist. That's why Miss Miss Jackson gave him the finger. <laughs> yeah, um, what was that all about? Too? He was like, "Hey, Miss Jackson," again, and she was just like, "Fuck you, nigga!" <laughs> like, damn. You know what he's doing the community. Yeah, well, yeah. We didn't need him or his son in this movie, and that scene would have played the same. <laughs> Wait, no, and I'm not even being funny. I'm glad the job, but they could have been taken out. Um, I just didn't know who he was. Like they really didn't make it clear. Like no, like clearly we. The only thing we know is he's got a kid by the same woman that Tupac had the kid by. And so we get that part, and they lived together. Yeah, that's what I thought. Unless <laughs> he lived next door, because also. <laughs> he's just on the steps talking to um, Lucky when he show up. But then there's another man in the room. How long has that man been in this house? Right. <laughs> That's such a weird... Again, that whole scene could have been cut. Honestly, completely. We didn't even need Keisha, the baby mama. Like, take that out. You'll keep Keisha in the movie and just turn it into exposition. Mama, you know so-and-so fucking up again. I gotta mm. get Keisha. Well... To 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 give you the the flip side of that coin, I felt like the scene was needed. It just wasn't done as good because, I mean, no 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 no. Honestly, I I think showing showing the fact that she was a base head and and just kind of that was something to say. Hey guys, crack crack is bad. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. The scene was not well done. I'm just gonna be honest. But you do get a reminder of what crack is doing as far as like him dealing drugs and then her being on, you know, her being um, basing. You know, he, he says, yo, man, I can't have you basing around my daughter no more. You know what I'm saying? So it, it is one of those things where, you know, just like a lot of other movies that John Singleton has done. Hey, message, 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 message. Crack, 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 crack. Crack is killing our community. Look what it's doing to the neighborhood. Look what it's doing to this woman who has two kids and all this other stuff. I feel like the scene should have been, I feel like the scene should have been redone and kind of done differently. But, you know, that's just one of them things where it's just like, hey, man, I got to make sure I put a message out there to say crack is bad. I'm with that. I, I, I get it. But J Block Bizzle and his J Bone, sure he called him J Bizzle. No, he didn't need to be there. Mm. Um, when did Chicago turn bad? Um, when we went to the gas station. Like I don't know. It just happened. It was like it was out of nowhere. Snap. He just it's probably Wandavision. I don't know. Like, I have no explanation for that. Because he wasn't evil. He was just a smug asshole. He was never this fucking Thanos. Where did this nigga come from? But Isha, so the last scene that we really get before we get this whole flip side of him or where we it's a turn, she cheating on him. She talking to another dude at the barbecue. And he got mad about that. And then all no. of a sudden, he just a bad guy. Yeah, I don't know that that was the intention of the movie. <clears throat> Maybe they just didn't do a good enough job of portraying he's fed up. But more importantly to me, as it pertains to him being evil, is his relationship with Lucky. Hmm. I always felt that they were cool. Brothers almost. Maybe not to the point where my mama called you her son. Right. 
but for them to have that line like, oh, I just work with this nigga. I'm like, but what is, that's not what you've been giving us. You're lying. Yeah. Somebody's lying. Yeah. I, even when it came to, which this ain't a big deal, but I used to talk about, oh, and you remember Lucky, I mean, uh, Chicago. Not to say Luck just has never met him, but like a lot of, a lot of this was weird and could have mm. been, these lines could have been cut. Because even if it's all oh, just work, this nigga, look, he's going to be like, he talked that shit when he mad. We cool. Or something. Because they felt like, how are we just now realizing y'all not cool? Yeah. This weird. Yeah, it was a turn. The turn was like really fast and it kind of was out of nowhere. Now mm-hmm. I understand why he kicked him out of the truck. You know what I'm saying? Like we get to a point mm-hmm. where, um, we get to a point in the movie where Lucky, but that's the thing too. Lucky just like, man, fuck that bitch. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm like, wait, hold on, nigga. Like in the beginning but, of the movie, you was just like, hey, like <laughs> don't let, don't make a walk. I Lucky being pissed, not excusing it, but I could see that more than Chicago because you've already had a run in with her at the beginning of the movie and she playing you and the pussy on the woman's breath and all that. And then you get to this place where she's riding your truck. You essentially doing a favor to her and her home girl. Mm-hmm. So I'm not excusing it, but I can see lucky being pissed off at justice much easier than Chicago just being a villain. But that's what I'm saying. Like, like Chicago just all of a sudden just became like the villain. He's just like, man, mm-hmm. fuck that bitch, man. You just trying to get some. You ain't finna. You ain't gonna get that. When they was at the fair, which I still don't understand fairs at in move in black movies. <laughs> Why not? Y'all didn't go to them back in the day. <laughs> no, I'm just saying. Like oh. it was in here. It was in uh uh Jason Lyric. It was just like random yeah. ass fairs. That's a pastime. You fuck around, go up north, you're going to see some renaissance festivals, too, full of niggas. <laughs> Shit, I used to work at that bitch, so I love it. Shit, giving people free chicken legs. I just feel like we got to we got to a point where Chicago gets kicked off of the kicked off the, the, the truck, or kicked out of the van, or the mail truck, and I don't know how we got there. And it's just like, you a bitch-ass nigga now. Well, he was a bitch-ass nigga because he was beating on women. Like, let's not get it twisted. But, yeah. But I just don't understand this turn because Chicago was happy-go-lucky. I guess maybe because of Isha. I guess because of Isha, he, I guess maybe he knew Isha was going to break up with him. Regardless. Okay, answer me this. Weren't they making a drop? Like a drug drop? Well, ain't no no. They weren't doing a drug job. They was dropping mail. They was a part of their job to drive some of this mail to Oakland. Well, then why the ambiguity with Isha and Justice? Well, she was like, "Well, girl, do they going to drop?" She's like, "Oh, you know, no, girl, what do they do? Oh, girl, you know." I was like, "Are this drugs?" And then the other nigga was like, "And hey, it must be two of y'all." I'm like, "Is this drugs that he's just like, mail? Get paid for? It's mail, my man." It's mail. Why are we not doing this on the clock? Why are we just driving a truck on the weekend? This is my job as a mailman is to drive mail. Why am I doing this on the weekend? They got paid for it. They I'm say it is it was in a throwaway line in the beginning of the movie in, in the movie. He was just like, Oh, yeah, we're gonna drive over to Oakland. I get paid for it. Shit, cool. 
He said that when they were, when they was talking about driving to Oakland. Okay, but then what happened? Chicago. I don't know. Okay, no, no, that's fine. I accept that. I accept that. Yep. <laughs> All right, nigga. <laughs> I just don't know how we got to the point of of that. Did you have any any lingering questions about certain things that happened in this movie? Fucking everything. So, Haywood, that's a mystery. You got that. Um, these random scenes, like the last one, where it was like, oh, you better quit fucking my man, and when you kiss him, you taste my pussy, all that. That didn't pertain to nobody <laughs> in the shop. Why was that there? That could have been cut out altogether. We did not need that. Um, Jesse being mean as shit to Justice once she saw Lucky in the mail truck. Mm. I was like, this whole movie, y'all established that you are like a big sister, kind of tough love type. But like, what she said, are we scraping the bottom of the barrel? The put, she said the pudding. Like, did she say the pudding cup? Yeah. I was like, <laughs> and then even in the room, she was like, yeah, these young girls don't know how to Fuck me and this. No, she said, Y'all don't know y'all coochie from a hole in the wall. Yes, she sure did. Y'all don't know y'all coochie from a hole in the wall. And it was clear that they were visibly going through shit. It's not like they was like, Oh, hey, Jesse, what's up, girl? We here. Isha literally had an ice pick pick on her eye. And then you see. Justice looking sad and solemn. You see the nigga from the mail place. Like, this is not a situation to be like a dick. This is a situation you get more clarity on and not be an asshole. And that hotel, I was like, what the fuck is this movie? Mm. Why is these things here? You could have just cut to the hair show and been done. Because I just. What? You scream in the bottom of the pudding cup. Jesse, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> I don't know. Um, they don't know they cooch from a hole in the wall, right? They sure don't. Also, what was in Janet's bags? Was it all hair? We- she had a lot of bags. What was the- she had a ton of bags. And then at the beginning, she was like, well, they just going to get this. And she never know, changed clothes. Was she at the end at the hair store? Did she have like a flower dress? Yeah, then, but like the whole movie, she was in the same. She was in the same jeans and top. She had four outfits. She had that is it, white socks jersey and the hat. Don't do that. She I'm talking the, about it. The trip, road trip shirt. <laughs> but she <laughs> had these bags. She had bags that we don't even know what it was in them. It had to be of. full of hair because it was not full of clothes. Because when she got back home, she cut up that pillowcase, that white pillowcase, <laughs> wrapped it up, her hair up. And she was like, I'm going to fuck him up with this. Shit. 100% you cotton beat. Shit. I don't know, man. The movie was weird. I But I did enjoy the full road trip, like, experience. But I'm not going to lie. The first 30 minutes of this movie kind of drags. And it don't really pick up until we get to the actual mail truck. And it, it, once you hit TLC, like that's when the movie start picking for real. Once you get to that point where they get to the mail truck and you hear the TLC song, like yeah. that's when the movie. First thirty minutes of this movie kind of just drags, 
and it's a lot of exposition and it's like a lot of set which i'm not against setup but the setup was not paid off it wasn't well done it i mean that first 30 minutes really do drag i was like i was like damn when we get into the trip you know what i'm saying yeah Mm. they'll find out that isha's a drunk (laughs) which that was this movie is so weird (laughs) i'm taking it that you don't like this movie no i do no, you like don't. It. No, you stop. Stop. No, there are things about it that I like. I like that Janet had a lot of new growth. That felt real. <laughs> it wasn't just like freshly done braids. I didn't like Regina's and the way I don't know. That's what he wanted though. It felt like she was the same character from Boys in the Hood. She we're gonna get. To, we're actually gonna, oh, get to okay, okay. gonna get to that. We're gonna we're gonna get to that. We're gonna get to that. We're going to get to that. We had a we had Your a John, there, bitch, shut up. We had a we had, we have a John Singleton verse to to maintain. No, for real. <laughs> Shit, and the, oh yeah, oh yeah, I'm sure you're gonna bring it up, but the drive-in nigga. Mm. Mm-hmm. Oh, um, 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 so let's get into the so the budget for the movie was 14 million. It grossed. $27.5 million. Mm. Its opening weekend was $11.7 million. So, again, the worldwide, the worldwide, well, the nationwide, I have to say worldwide because that's how they list it, but the, the worldwide gross was $27.5 million. So, Double. it made money. It made money. Can you guess what number it opened at opening weekend? I don't know. 94, 93, 94, Singleton, Black Movie with Janet Jackson, though, and Tupac. I would hope at least four or five. You got to give me one of them. Oh, I, I'm going to go with three just to be confident. Poetic Justice opened at number one on its I opening week, uh, the opening weekend. That. It was yes. number one, and it knocked down the Tom Cruise movie, mm. The Firm. So, wow. um, Poetic Justice opened up at number one. Uh, number two was In the Line of Fire. Number three was The Firm. Number f- nah, no way in the nineties. Number four was Free Willy. Oh, and number Thank five, <laughs> number five, number five was Jurassic Park. Nigga, we in the nineties for real, for real. You want to know what's yeah. funny? I'm gonna tell you. I'm gonna tell you what was number ten. This is how I know we was in the nineties. Rookie of the Year was number. Number ten. I don't know if you ever seen that movie before, but I love it. It was a Disney movie. Well, it was about a kid who broke his arm. I think this was, that was the one. Was like the kid broke his arm, and then he could pitch real good. Mm. I seen this shit, this white boy. I love man. I, I love that it. movie, dog. I love that I fucking movie. Oh I mean, yeah, it is a Disney movie. I love that movie. Fucking oh love it. God. This little Doogie Howser ass nigga. <laughs> I love movies and shows where they take kids and put them in adult professions because right. they're just like these savants. This nigga is like 10. He broke his arm. Baseball. He broke his fucking arm and then it healed back so good that he could pitch in Major League Baseball. Get the fuck like, out of here. What kind of shit is this? <laughs> like, get the fuck out of here. Like, and one that with like Mike, the magic shoes, yeah. Air Bud. That's not a child, but even that, like a dog, nigga, I will beat that dog's ass. Me in basketball. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Oh my god, man! I yeah. love, I love it. I love that opening weekend poetic justice. Um, it was riding high off of Janet Jackson. Janet Jackson was the going force for this movie. Um, mm-hmm. you know, with her, I think with this being like her 
adult movie uh um movie career beginning and stuff like that. Um it did get knocked down the second week to like number 7. Critically, it wasn't taken very well. Um a lot of critics did pan the movie. But it was um John Singleton's vision and I just feel like I feel like shit, we came out for this. We showed I think we had to you have to look at it from the standpoint of John Singleton is coming off of Boys in the Hood and that is mm-hmm. that movie is, is is highly acclaimed and critical and people love that movie. And then, you know, this is his follow up and lo and behold, you know what I'm saying? We came out for it. I love to see that. You also want to keep in mind it's a women it's a movie about women. Mm. She even said, like, my first one was for the fellas. Let's do something for women. And not to say that the numbers wouldn't be there, but this is a love story. I write romance books. That's what I'm trying to do for a living. Mm -hmm. The romance genre is relegated to, oh, that's for women. Though you got Eric Jerome Dickies and Elin Harris who are making these stories with men in them and Mm -hmm. others. um, When you look at this as... A love story, who do you market that to? Mm. Like, how many men? I, Tupac, I'm sure, is the draw, and I'm sure Singleton as well. But saying that it was knocked down in the second week, I can see that because when it comes to women and romance and love story type shit, especially mm. back then, nigga ain't making no action movie or no squirrel that can talk, and now it's a radio host or some shit like that. Like, <laughs> what? <you know. laughs> That's the problem. It's just squirrel as that as talk. Or fucking rookie of the year. Weird ass shit. I love that My movie. tree grows golden apple. <laughs> Get the fuck out of here. It's just weird shit. I'll break that little boy arm again. Okay, all right. Movie. You ain't finna pitch. Okay, movie nerd knowledge time. We, we not doing this. We are not doing this. Yo. Movie nerd knowledge time. So I have to get the obvious out of the way first. Mm-hmm. Um, this was the biggest news that swirled around the movie. Um, now this is from Tupac. It said that Janet Jackson requested him to have an yep. AIDS test before kissing the kissing scene with her. Mm-hmm. Now she, um, which was originally going to lead up to a love scene that we never got. He refused. Um, and then also in 2011 in a Vibe magazine article, um, about Tupac, he claimed that the whole thing was a publicity stunt, uh, coerced by. Shakur, Jackson, and Singleton. But the producer, uh, Steve Nicolades, I'm sorry, uh, and Tupac's brother, uh, Moprim, confirmed that the incident in the article really happened. Janet explains in an interview later on that the movie came out during the height of the AIDS epidemic. Um, Not much was known about the disease at that time. So he didn't feel like, uh, she didn't feel like risking her safety by sharing a kiss with a person who was known to be with numerous women. Now, uh, despite the clear hesitance and constant pushback, they did end up doing the scene anyway. Mm. How do you feel about that? I feel like that's some bullshit. If, she, if her request is for this thing, how do you give somebody pushback instead of just changing the scene if we're just hell-bent on not doing this? Um we know a lot more about AIDS and HIV and how it works and transmitted and whatnot now. And you got to remember, this is like 92, 93, where people were yeah. really ignorant and didn't know much about this, this disease. Was, yeah. For for the most part, this disease was still pretty, as far as like knowledge-wise, it was still pretty yeah. new. Mm-hmm. 
And that was actually what I was mentioning earlier that I used to hear when I was a kid. Um, but I, I don't think that was an unreasonable request if I'm sharing that type of scene with someone for back mm-hmm. then, for that time, yeah. of course. Um, to play it off as publicity, that would have been smart too because, you know, that's the drama going to get people tuning in. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't social media... I'm sure there were bootleggers back then. Yeah. <laughs> but wasn't nobody giving you 4K versions of scenes so you could see for yourself at no. home. Right, right. Um, I think when it comes to your health and safety, you have the right to... Well, any, her job is an actress. Her job so as, anything, a, as a woman is to protect herself in general. No, no, yeah. But what I'm saying is even as an actor, actress, if somebody's asking something of you that goes against what you believe or may potentially harm you mm-hmm. then i feel like you should be able to ask or request things change now if they don't you know that's just what happens you have to decide if this is what's for you or not mm-hmm. and i say this specifically because even with covid and different um shows and movies that are made there are people who gave pushback who don't want the um vaccine the vaccine and shit and that's perfectly fine but mm-hmm. i think that you have to also keep in mind that you're not wanting to do this regardless to if it's beneficial or not does come with consequences um in janet's case i don't like the idea that this being real and you not giving her the space to either change the scene Mm -hmm. change how you shoot it but if you're asking for her to still go through something with this man at a time where, like she said, I don't know who you with. Mm. I don't know what the and and at that time we did know that Tupac was with a lot of women. Like he was, mm-hmm. he was with a lot of women at that time. I mean, she even made a comment. She being Justice, not Janet. Um, oh shit! Look, you don't tell me you gave me something. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, maybe that was their nod to, you know, the world at that time. But right. I don't think it's fucked up. It was interesting. It was interesting. Um, we find out that Maya Angelou did the poetry for the movie, mm-hmm. um, which I think yeah. was good. What did you think about her role when it was at the barbecue? I didn't like it. I didn't like that. Them old ladies. I felt like she was kind of shoehorned in, <laughs> into the movie myself. Like I'm like, why are y'all sticking Maya Angelou in it? I mean, wait, wait, well, let me just say this. Tyler Perry. Hmm. There's some Tyler Perry shit. <laughs> Let me just say this. I understand acknowledging her because of what she did for the movie. Let's not get it twisted because she did provide poetry and and there were a lot of poetry that was from her. I just mm-hmm. felt like she she is giving a social commentary when we see that scene about young people and what they're doing and how dangerous it is for them and the decisions that they're making. But it really kind of felt like they was just like, let's get old Maya, just just push old Maya Angelou in here. And I was just like, eh, I don't know. It, it was a bit, to me, it was a bit preachy. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I mean, we, we, I, we, we do have to celebrate Maya Angelou because she is one of those people who, who gave to black folks in general and she did a lot for, for mm-hmm. black folks, so. But I did feel like she was shoehorned into this movie. Yeah. That scene was garbage. 
<laughs> Did you like? Was, I can't wait till we get no, to that, review. that part of the scene. That was dumb as shit. I was like, because we're still having the same conversation today. Though Tyler Perry may have bit off that or made homage to it with the kind of reunion Medea shit, mm-hmm. but this is the same conversations we have every couple years. And people fail to realize that these old motherfuckers that's saying this shit was doing this same shit, the equivalent shit in their time. Mm-hmm. So like that whole oh she ain't even married. You okay with her not wearing her ring and this and that? It's like shut the fuck up with the respectability politics. Everybody ain't the same. Mm-hmm. I do understand it was the nineties, so I'm, I'm I'm managing my expectations. But I was like, no, nah, this is where's your man? Cause these three women were sitting there alone. <laughs> what that was May? It was like May, June. What was their names? Like May, June, or April, and May, and, A- April, May, and June. Those were oh the name God. of the women. I was just like, this is a little out of place, brother. Mm-hmm. Um, but my Angelo did do the Angelo did do the poetry for the movie. Now, mm-hmm. according to writer, producer, director John Singleton, when the 1992 LA riots occurred during filming, Tupac left the set to participate in the protest and then he returned to the set in time to start the filming. I think that is in Tupac's character completely. Um, mm-hmm. Being the son of, the, of a panther, uh, I have to respect that. I, 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 I know how he, how he stood on, on a lot of black, you know, how, how, mm-hmm. how he felt about black people and, and you know, protesting and stuff like that like that's one thing about Pac that I, I love so I thought that was dope as hell so also Janet Jackson found two people on this movie she soon after the movie ended she was dating uh, Q-Tip which was her boyfriend in the mm-hmm. very beginning of the movie but mm-hmm. okay. what people may not know is EJ the Mexican co-worker who was throwing the darts in the beginning at the post office he ended up being her husband. They got married in 1991. And, um... I mean, 1990... Was the same nigga before the movie? Yeah, it was, it was 1990. It that was odd. Not odd, but that was kind of crazy. did a Jermaine Dupree, too, so. Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. Um, mm-hmm. Director, writer John Singleton named his first daughter after the main character, Justice. Oh, I see. thought that was pretty cool. Um, in the movie, we see Justice does this thing with her popcorn where she actually put hot sauce on popcorn. Mm-hmm. Do you know where that came from? from niggas. I've been doing that my whole life. <laughs> but where did Janet get it from? Oh, probably when her daddy used to go crazy whooping them. Ja- Janet took the idea from Michael Jackson, her brother, because he used to put Tabasco sauce on his popcorn in real oh, life. That's what I said. I'm done with you. Run the tape back. I just said that. You said Michael Jackson specifically? Yeah. I'm alright <laughs> here's a good one I, I really enjoyed this one right here Um, so in the movie Lucky has a cousin that lives in Oakland he does play his movie he does play his music a couple times in the movie Um, yep. the boombox during the break on the trip and then he actually plays some of his music in the studio 
who is his who is the voice of his cousin? A rapper, a famous rapper, is actually the voice of the music that you hear. Who is it? Snoop Dogg. No. Jermaine Dupree. No. Um, <laughs> shit. I don't know. The voice did sound familiar, though. Um, was it Tupac? Shit. No, it wasn't Tupac. Oh. Um, Easy. Manny Fresh. <laughs> Should Knight. The I'll voice belongs to West Coast hip hop legend. Hip-hop. Get them all out. I'm letting you get them all out. Get them all no, that's out. It. That's, that's it? it? You sure? Yeah. Okay. It belongs to West Coast legend Coolio. Coolio. It was cool. Shut up. Coolio was Coolio was the one that was doing the music. <laughs> the songs were actually featured on his debut album, It Takes a Thief. Did not oh, know that's that. What's up. Did not know that. Did not know that. Now we get to some very interesting, interesting points uh, that I did not know about. Mm-hmm. Oh, wait, I got one more before we go to that. So when Chicago hits hit Isha, she actually mentions two characters that's gonna fuck him up. Dookie and Monster. Dookie and Monster are characters from Boys in the Hood. Which means which huh? No, go ahead. Which means that we're looking at possibly a shared Boys in the Hood universe. Oh, you know he is. Dookie and Monster was the homeboys that used to hang out with Cube. Mm. Monster was a big black dude, and Dookie was the one that had the pacifier. Okay. Which okay. both of those niggas are in this movie. Yeah. It's yeah. crazy. Yeah. I, yeah. <laughs> so that's, that's our Boys in the Hood connection. So I but thought that. With Boys in the Hood, doesn't that make. Is that is the wood not in the same. Like, I don't think. Is it? I don't think so. Also, I don't think so. Then the wood and Blow. Not Blow. What is that movie with Shamik? Dope. With the cryptocurrency. Dope. Damn. God damn. Okay. <laughs> but yeah. The only linchpin that we have to this is Regina King's character. Mm. Like that's that's the transition between the two movies, mm. so I like that, and it's all said. Isha and Boys in the Hood, huh? What's her name? Isha, Aisha, Boys in the Hood. I don't think so. I think her name was Keisha in Boys in the Hood. Well, that would make sense. Isha is short for Keisha. <laughs> Look at that. But uh, yeah, that's our. That's our connection to uh, Boys in the Hood. I thought that was dope. I think is one thing that I do like about this movie is. The fact that um he he did use a lot of those actors. He kept those actors working. Because it was a lot of them actors from Boys in the Hood. When I seen that movie, I was like, oh, this Boys in the Hood, too. <laughs> he was like, why y'all calling these people the different names? What? Well, you know, Doughboy's dead. So there's that. Mm. So here's a couple recasting points that happened in the movie. Which I was like, oh, uh, interesting. So Ice Cube was offered the role of Lucky. But he mm. refused because he claimed that he was not at the point in his career where he wanted to play a romantic lead. Um, and he had already committed to a movie that I hope we get to do on We Watch This One of These Days, Trespass, with him and Ice-T. Man. Wow. What a movie. So, we had another person who was up for the... We had two people that was up for the role of, of Justice. So can you guess? And these were out of left field, and I was like, "There's no way." 
She one of them. <laughs> <laughs> Who else? Why do I do this show with you? Red Divine and Vanessa Williams. Hand to hand combat. So, first off, Kim Fields actually auditioned for the role of mm. of Isha and the role of Justice, and she didn't make really? it. So I'm trying to figure out what kind of movie this would be if we had Kim Fields as Justice. Or Isha. Damn. I think she could have been a Regine, good nigga, Regine. No, no, no. I'm she could have been a good justice. I definitely could see her being Isha because she's pretty much Isha and living single, just bougie. Mm. But Justice, I think she could have did it. I think she could have did Interesting. it. Interesting. Interesting. I I I would have I would have been here for Kim Fields to be Isha. I think her being the, the drunk friend. <laughs> I don't know if she plays a good drunk or not, though. Regina King Sorry, knocked that out of the box. Regina King was drunk as hell. <laughs> for real. There wasn't no orange juice. Right, 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 right. So we find out that John Singleton did not have Jack- Janet Jackson as the first choice for justice. Mm-hmm. Who else was This blew my mind because I was like, could she have done it? Monica Calhoun... Mm. Who was from Players Club fame and the Best Man fame was up for the role of Justice. That was I his first choice. I honestly think she could have did it. I it would have been an interesting. She too shy. But like Justice, Janet is soft spoken in this movie. She's not. But she has a. To me, Janet has a, more of a presence than Monica Calhoun. Like this would have been a Tupac movie if Monica Calhoun was Justice. Mm, okay. I get that. Hmm, I think she could have did it though. The Multiverse of Madness, which universe got that <laughs> movie? That's what I want to see. <laughs> yeah, I want to know what, what what universe got that movie too. That's all I have for movie nerd knowledge. All right, it's time for the categories, man. I can't wait. To, I gotta let you go first on this. Where did you rewind? What are your if you had any rain? What are your favorite scenes from the movie? Shit, all of them. This movie was top tier, nigga. Uh, I know all the poem scenes because I think that those were done so well. Um, I did rewind in a lot of the arguments because it was just so outlandish and like, why? What is happening here? Especially that first one when Justice got off the um, got off the truck. Mm. And look, he's like, fuck that nigga, that bitch, she thinks she's God's gift to me and this and that. I was like, what the fuck is happening? Oh, so you one of them angry bitches, huh? A feminist. What you call me? Said you a mean bitch. Uh-uh. Uh-uh, we gotta stop this right now. You don't know shit about me, okay? Don't be calling me no bitch, you don't know nothing about me. Here I am acting all courteous and shit, trying to spark up a conversation. Nigga gotta call you a bitch to get look, your I'm attention. I'm a black woman, okay? I deserve respect. Don't be calling me no bitch. Hey. If I'm a bitch, your mama's a bitch, bitch. Say that black woman shit, okay? You bleed once a month just like the rest of the hoes. No, we ain't talking about my mama. We talking about just stuck up ass. Scammer's ass bitch. Think a nigga supposed to do some fucking magic tricks for your ass. Pull this shit over right now. Pull it over. Where you finna go? I'll walk, motherfucker. Oh, oh, boy, oh, shit. Oh, God, bad bitch. Get your shit. 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 Get your shit.
talking all that shit. Fuck your asshole. Scandalous ass motherfucker. Do them fucking fat ass stars some good anyway. I better not see your ass in LA, okay? I'm gonna get somebody to fuck you up, motherfucker. Fuck you. Fuck you. What's going on? They gon' fuck you up, motherfucker. Fuck you up. Fuck you, bitch. Fuck you. Fuck you. Fuck you. Fuck you, bitch. Fuck you, bitch. I've ran that back a couple times. We share that um, scene. I, that's actually yeah. the first scene on my re- where I rewind. Let's talk about it together since we share it. But yeah, that scene was good because I personally felt like Janet was like, I don't have to take any of your disrespect. Nigga, mm-hmm. I'll walk before I let you disrespect me. Mm-hmm. And got off the, the truck. And I don't know if people, a lot of people remember this scene wrong because a lot of people feel like Tupac or Lucky kicked her out. She didn't know. He didn't kick her out of the truck. She said, I'll walk. Herself. Yep. She, she was like, I'm a bitch. Your mama's a bitch. Right. Which was very powerful if you think about it. Because you're calling me a mm-hmm. bitch. You know what I'm saying? And I'm a black woman. She says, I'm a black woman. I deserve respect. And you're yeah. not going to disrespect me. And I, before I get disrespected, I will walk. A lot of people really think, look, a lot of people misremember and think that Tupac kicked her out of the truck. But she was, mm-hmm. she was very, she was standing up for herself. Yeah, with all the bags full of hair. I um I like the enemies to lovers trope. I just I thought this thing was done very well. And it's so sad that these same exact conversations are happening now. This man is mad because she's not giving him attention. She don't owe you that. Because mm. the the scene the scene begins with him calling her a mean bitch. Mm-hmm. So like, niggas are still to this day feel entitled to the time and attention from a motherfucker that they don't, you don't, and you know to get a little political here, this is how black women end up dead. Mm. Angry ass niggas. That's why like, I get the love story part. I get that it's in the nineties and you know Tupac and he's a big star, handsome guy, whatever. But this was like a horror film i would want to know how a woman a black woman today views this movie because to me it almost seems like a horror movie because you are at so many instances throughout the movie you are so close to death to the point where Isha got punched in the face mm-hmm. so i rewinded there at all of the arguments especially that one too Um, Because I mentioned I would like to know how did Joe and Regina film that? Like, how was that shooting that scene where he has to punch you in the face? Well, you get... Well, I looked at... When I seen the way it's angled, you can tell, like, Mm -hmm. he hit the air and she... Oh, no, no, no. I I get the actual he didn't connect, but I'm saying, like, to be an actor portraying that scene, mm-hmm. like one of the emotions and the real world consequences, but even the mechanics of it with like you having to be hit and then bounce back. Like it's, this was the explosion 
it seemed like from the spark that was lucky and justice. Yeah, like the roles reversed. Yeah, very quickly. Well, gradually throughout the road trip, but seeing that, whew, um, so both of the arguments, and actually every time they had some drama and had to get off the truck, <laughs> like when Isha was drunk and, and Janet, the scene that I love more than anything is that scene where Justice was like, you you a drunk bitch. And she's like, well, why are you calling me? And you could have easily had them just argue, mm-hmm. but then to have Justice come back with, you were drunk just like my mother. Mm. And like it set in for her, even through me being drunk, oh, I'm hurting my friend. That scene with, with Janet and Regina was so good. I feel like if you had questions before, that showed how they're friends. What's the problem, girl? This is the fucking problem. Look at this shit. That's all you do. You act like an alcoholic bitch. Why are you calling me a bitch? All you do is get drunk all the time. That's why I never go anyplace with you, because you're always acting crazy. Just like my damn mama. I'm sorry. God, I'm sorry, Jay. It's okay. It's gonna be all right. Gotta freeze up on that shit, Aisha. I didn't know. I swear I didn't know. Dude, you're my best friend though. I don't wanna hurt you. I'm so sorry. I'm sorry. God, I just gotta stop, Aisha. I know. God, I don't know. That was truly a you, my sister, you, my girl. I don't fuck with you because you get drunk and you act a fool and this and that. You're a different person. And I, oh, that scene to me was one of the best, if not the best scenes in the movie. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Um, oh, and that little boy, uh, J-Bone's son, when he peeked out the kitchen <laughs> and he was just disappointed. He's like, take he like me. Like a disapproving dad. He's like, take me too. <laughs> Yo, that shit was wild. That little boy deserved better. Oof. And then Jennifer Lewis seeing her. I love Jennifer Lewis. Just, just. I hope you know I ain't raising up babies. I raised all mine. Some shit like she was getting in his ass. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah, Jennifer Lewis as the mom. Jennifer Lewis in general she from the nineties. Mm-hmm. She she had like I think my favorite role from for her. Was when she was, and it got kind of. Did it get cut short? Not really. When she was on a different world. Oh, okay. And she was the dean, and she used to. You're going on my list, and I was like, (laughs) man, she was. But she always had some, um, some cool, like knowledge. She would kick to a lot of those. To this, this was the Lena James era when when Jennifer Lewis was on there. Well, Jada Pinkett, but that was the, that was that era. So, any other scenes that you have? Um, all of the arguments, anything with Jennifer. Um, I want to say that's it. I the kitchen scene with the cousin. I don't, I don't really care about that. Um, and I did like the hair show the little bit we got. Mm-hmm. You know, looking at them '90s hairstyles and fashions and shit. Uh and that final scene, which should have been cut all together. That girl's thing. <laughs> but know this when you kissing him, you tasted my pussy. 
Oh my god, that shit. I don't know. Yeah, that and probably the first one. The mm. first one with uh Lucky and uh Justice. <laughs> you wanna smell my food nani? <laughs> uh John was out out the pocket with that. Mm. I was like Alright. <laughs> yeah, that's it for me. So for me it was of course we said the justice justice leaves the, the truck and walks, so that was it. The entire well, no, nah, fuck it. I'm going I'm to say it. The entire fucking barbecue, when they mm. when they smell and they're like, what's that smell? And when they smell it, mm-hmm. to meet and cut and Pete, to, mm-hmm. <laughs> to the fight with Lucky, to, uh, I'm not fuck, we're not Lucky with Chicago fighting be, because of Isha cheating on him or mm-hmm. talking to this dude, to the time they was like playing cards and he was like, you don't mind if I take a plate. Like that whole... Yeah, I feel like the Maya Angelou part could have been taken out, taken out. Like mm. that was a little shoehorned in there, but that entire barbecue and then something yeah. that that resonated with me because that was something that I felt like too. When Tupac is sitting, um, Tupac, well, Lucky and Justice are sitting at a, on a bench eating, mm. and um, she, he was like, "You ever been to one of these before?" And she was like, "Uh uh-uh. uh." And then Pac was like, or "Lucky was like, yeah, I ain't never been no place where so many black people and ain't nobody fighting." Again, in the shit, like I can relate to that because I had never been to nothing that big before in my life either. Where, where nobody was getting into nothing. Like everybody was. Like it it just showed the dynamic of like where they came from and like how things, um, how things are and how things could be. Um, But I I can relate to that too. I had had never been to nothing like that before either. Where it was a whole bunch of black folks sitting around and not getting in this, not fighting, nobody fighting, and everybody like doing stuff. That's interesting. Yeah, like I had never at that point in my life, I had never been around nothing like that before. It just that that part resonated with me because I had never, I I knew exactly what he was saying. See, maybe I take it for granted then because that's all I did growing up: go to carnivals, fairs, family reunions, little festivals. With shit ton of black people, black Greeks, um, bonus cycle clubs and shit, and it was the drama would have been the the um, the weird thing, like the actual community was like normal. So that's so interesting to me. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Yeah, like I I never seen that before, and I was like, he right, I ain't never been around no. A whole bunch of black people that weren't getting into nothing. Well, you would know trouble was going on. Yeah. So it was just out of, you know what I'm saying? It was just something. It just shows. See how how the dynamic is of just like not being in certain places and stuff like that. So yeah, yeah. Cause uh, yeah, I thought Oakland South Central was next door. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I, yeah. I I love that whole barbecue scene, and I just look. I love cutting Pete. Cutting Pete. Yeah, he was. Yeah, he was I, a star. I, I was like, I don't know where they find him, but he is amazing, and I love him. So um, that, um, the scene where they are at the beach, and we get a lot of exposition. Like you get hear they hear they thoughts, and then everybody's just like, yeah, I'm gonna break up with Chicago when I get back to L.A. or um um or Justice is like, yo, like. Like that's when you could tell like she liked Lucky back, and he was just like you could tell they liked each other. And then Chicago just brushing his fade, and and he was just like I'm fine, and <laughs> I got everything going on, and all this other stuff. So 
Isha and Chicago breaking up like before the punch was hilarious to me. I'm sorry. Chicago, a couple minutes my ass. Can't even hang that long. Fuck you, all right? No, that's the problem. You can't. No, you the motherfucking problem. No, your dick's the motherfucking problem. Just thought I'd give you a little something right quick before I quit your ass, but no, you can't even appreciate that, can you? Can't even do it right. Just you shut the fuck up, all right? Shut up? Yeah, shut up. But you must be embarrassed now. Is that what it is? When she was just like, nigga, you can't hang, she was just like, that it? And he was just like, I need a minute. And she was just like, you need more than a minute, nigga. And uh, that whole back and forth, well, I'm not celebrating the punch, but what I'm saying is mm-hmm. everything that led up to them getting into that physical altercation, Yeah. and she was just going in on this nigga. Like, she was like, that's why the last chick left you, because you can't hang, Chicago. You, you, that's right. Sit up there and brush their tired-ass fade, because nobody is fucking with you. So and funny. this look, Chicago gets on his face. <laughs> But that that whole little series of events, but when she went in on him, dog, she went in. Like, she was just like, that's why I'm fucking somebody else. And I was like, whoa. What a time to tell somebody that. Wow. In the middle of nowhere. <laughs> wow. And um, and Justice meets, meets Lucky's daughter, the end, the, 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 the end scene. I thought it was cute. I thought it was very telling. You know, he comes and says, hey, like, I made a mistake because if y'all don't know, Lucky, <laughs> once they make it to Oakland, we find out that Lucky's cousin gets killed. This is the the end game was Lucky trying to get to his cousin so they could do music. Um, they get to Oakland. We find out that Lucky's cousin gets shot and killed and he blames justice. You know what I'm saying? And weird. he completely was just like, yo, you if I wasn't fucking with y'all, I could have got here in time and I could have saved my cousin. And then at the end of the movie, we get to a point to where he he apologizes. He said he was wrong, said some things that was wrong. 
he brings his daughter to the salon. Now, again, in the movie, we find out that, like, Justice is like, I don't even like kids. You know what I'm saying? Like, she just like, I don't like kids and none of that stuff. But I just thought it was a good, a cute moment. And it was a moment where, you know, one of the things about the movie that I don't think you really noticed or a lot of other people didn't notice is, like, Justice really don't smile in this movie. Like, she she don't, I mean, past the beginning opening credits, she don't really smile. And then we get at the end of the movie where she has this huge smile on her face. Um, and and we see that it's a beginning of something between her and Lucky. So I just thought that was a cute scene because she was just like, she sat, sat the little girl in the chair and like, we know, what do you want to do? We can do curls or we can do dogs. And she's start asking about school and stuff like that. So that's how we end the movie. I was with them them nosy ass ladies. Why the fuck <laughs> you forgiving this nigga? A mistake is I stepped on your toe. I locked you out the house by accident. You blame this woman for your dead cousin? Yeah, you hurting. I get that. But nigga, the person you need to be mad at is Chicago. And really nobody. Because you could be dead too. I was like, this is very 90s. Because the way that they presented those scenes, Mm -hmm. to me, it looked like maybe a month passed. Mm. Yeah, we don't even... even, Yeah, we don't get a time frame of how long it's been. So, and for her to be so excited when he walked in, I was like, what the fuck you smiling for? Fuck him. I, it was weird to me because you started the movie stressed about the man you loved who was murdered. You spend the whole movie getting to know this nigga, open up your heart, being vulnerable again, mm-hmm. just for him to turn around and treat you like shit. He got off too easy. Mm. It's not enough that you're attractive. It's not enough that you bring your daughter. What the fuck am I supposed to do with that? How do you know she's not with somebody else? Mm. I mean, I guess he wouldn't mad, he wouldn't care. But I just felt like that was a not believable ending. Because mm. essentially, you've gone through this transformation, opened up yourself again. Yeah, he shitted on you, whatever. But you're now in a better space where you know you can love again. You're mm. you're doing better. I don't know what it symbolizes, but you put on all white, tied your hair up, you look a little happier. This is showing a new and different you. But why dip your toe back in the past with a motherfucker who ain't serving you? You know what I'm saying? And yeah, this apology was needed, but they should have showed something in between there. Because to me, it wasn't believable. Mm. Not at all. Yeah, I understand that. I can see your point of view. I can see your point of view. For me, I, I, for me, I just felt like, well, yeah, we didn't really get a time frame of when this, how long it's been since they've seen each other since the Oakland trip. Um, I feel like Tupac was speaking more out of grief because we understand that he loves his cousin, like he, like he loves that dude, and I, and not giving him a pass or saying he was right for what he did, but I do feel like he was speaking from grief because he rolls up and just his cousin is is dead, and this is the most yeah. this is the person that means a whole lot. We 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 understand that this person means a whole lot to him. Just they were close. They were close. Yeah, no. And again, not giving him a pass because that wasn't right to blame her. But I kind of get it. I kind of well, get it a whole hundred percent. Yeah, no, no, I'm not against that. My thing is, that's not your grief isn't enough. Just like mental health isn't enough. If I am 
if I have ADHD, mm-hmm. I can't blame my shitty behavior on ADHD. I can apologize for it and we can move forward. I have no issue with what he said. It's Justice's reaction. Because grief will make you lash out and do and say things. But why am I giving you this past a nigga who I just met? Mm-hmm. Yes, I opened myself up to you, but we weren't on good terms to begin with. Mm-hmm. Now that we might be, you throw this shit in my face. And the apology, as, as great as it was, should not, to me, have been enough of a reason to be like, oh, okay, cool. Because they end the movie in a way that suggests that those two are going to be together. Mm-hmm. I, I, they shouldn't be. You've exhibited signs that show that when times get hard, you aren't mature enough to handle your emotions. What happens when we're together and your mother passes? Or something happens to your daughter? Mm-hmm. Or somebody else who you know? Are you lashing at me again? Or is no, now you're not because we're, we're in love and married. Mm-hmm. Like, that's not, to me, again, I'm not mad at what happened. I think everything was great. I just don't like that Justice forgave him and was just like, oh, yeah. I, let me whisper in your ear. Mm, no yin yang. That's not what we're trying to do. Come, okay. <laughs> not yin. Next, ca- <laughs> next category on their way up or down. The actor, actress that was moving in a good or bad direction post poetic justice. I will mm. most definitely say it was Tupac. I feel like Tupac's movies got better and better as he continued to act. Unfortunately, we lost him at a very early age, and we didn't get to see what he could have been. Uh, I feel like Pac did a very good job in this movie. Um, I feel like Pac was on his way because I think before this it was Juice. I just feel like Pac, did, Tupac Shakur did a very good job, um, especially with what he was given as a character. Mm-hmm. I think Lucky could have been a little bit more well-rounded, but again, this is. This is in the '90s, and we're just getting like you know a a, a small glimpse into what a char- what character he he could be. But I, the reason why I picked Tupac Shakur is because I just can't I can't recast him. I, I even actually was going to try to recast him, and I couldn't mm-hmm. I couldn't recast him. I was like, I think I can find somebody better than him. But looking at the role and looking what what he did for this role, because I don't think anybody could do this role better than he did it. And I know a lot of people. You, you, you and Cleta was like, yo, he's playing himself, but I'm like, I don't really think he was playing himself. Um, Tupac is way more, um, way more well-rounded than what Lucky is. I think it was pieces of Tupac in in him, and I think that the the way he he handled certain situations, there were pieces of Pac in that. But mm-hmm. I feel like he did a really good job, and I, I feel like he. As as much as he did, as much as many movies as he got from, he only got better. So I felt like he was the one that was on the way up. I agree, I agree. And honestly, I think everybody in this movie, for the most part, um, maybe not Jesse, but Haywood was in some films. Janet did, you know, they had some work after. Um, this homegirl who was talking shit at the end of the movie. That's not Jody, Mama. Um, uh, Mama Pope. She was in a different world uh, for a time, and like much years, years later, she was uh, Carrie Washington's mom in Scandal. But I know she did work between there. But honestly, I think for the most part, everybody 
was getting work and doing things, maybe not on the same level. Mm-hmm. But if I have to pick one, I'll say Janet. Mm. She only, this was, I think she successfully, to me anyways, separated herself from being just a Jackson. Mm. Part of the Jackson clan, you've done these movies and whatever else. And like, you can see that I'm going my own way. She's doing her own music. She's doing movies. She's doing things that you recognize her as a Jackson. But I think around this time and going forward, that was Janet Jackson. It mm-hmm. wasn't Janet Jackson, the sibling of the other Jackson. This was Janet Jackson. Right. So I- I'll pick her. God, she was so beautiful. in this. She was fine. Mm-hmm. Good God. Like a sexy ghost. She was. Uh, next category, sexy ghost. You agree, ah. nigga? Run it back. Cole thinks she was a sexy ghost, too. Uh, I want that Oscar. This can go two ways. A particular actor or actress can be overacting or a particular actor actress could be acting their ass off please pick one person oh, rain because you will pick the whole cast of every bit like, oh i just like the whole cast of oklahoma nigga um i said hey Wood. i feel like that nigga could you give the man's <laughs> could you give it the, the man the respect he deserves of what his name is or do i need to look it up Nigga, it's Haywood. Haywood Sr. His name is not Haywood. Nah, it's it's like his name is Roger Guinevere Guinevere Smith. I don't know if that. I don't know how to yeah, pronounce. That, his, I think that's right. I don't know I how to pronounce his middle name, but he he's Roger Smith. Guinevere Guinevere, something like that. But yeah, no, the no, G no, Roger, might be silent, so we don't even know who who right, it, he who must be Creole. Right. Um, I think he did because every scene. He was in, you knew he was in that scene. Um, and I say that, like, putting him up against Dexter, I think Dexter, I, I paid attention to him because of Haywood. Mm. And even when it got to that Keith, motel scene. he That is, Dexter is played by the singer Keith Washington, by the way. Mm, okay, okay. Yeah, I just feel like Haywood, for good or bad, however you take his performance, I think he was... colorful enough for lack of a better term to stand out whenever he was in a scene with anybody mm-hmm. um i think it's easy to paint him as like the token gay guy and i'm not even mad at that it's the 90s but even with that i feel like he was handled well mm-hmm. it wasn't and let me preface this by saying gay people can come in many plenty different mannerisms and all that i'm just i'm not knocking anyone but in the 90s, it was so easy to throw glitter on a motherfucker's face, put him in a dress, and be like, this is my gay friend. Yeah. I, uh, think, I think, yeah, over flamboyance was a thing in the 90s. Yeah, and people are that way. And I'm not saying that there shouldn't be that representation there. It was a bit cartoonish a back in them days, though. Very much. It was a shorthand for straight people to say, this is a gay person. And I think Haywood did not fall in that category. But he was, even the way he spoke, he was different enough that cued you into this man wasn't like the other men in the movie. Mm-hmm. And so even that line, this ain't funny, because when I when I look back on it, I don't know if it was meant to be a joke or if he was being, like, matter of fact. That guy came in and was like, my girl want a haircut and some nails done. And it was like, well, did she got an appointment? He said no. <laughs> and then Hayward was like, she ain't got no hair either. And so I was like, is he calling her boy? 
or is he commenting on the fact that she does not have any hair for them to do? I laughed at it because I'm like, nigga, I did too. Why are you? I did why too. Why are you saying this? And Jesse just looked past that and was like, uh, "Here, get her an appointment." I was like, "Did he just call this woman bald in front of her man?" I so I, my vote goes for Haywood. I think he was really he put a lot into that character. The man, and I don't know if it's the directing or his acting. Roger Smith, please. Roger, my bad. Roger Smith, Roger. He could have easily slipped into stereotypical token gay man in a very off-putting way. I think his role aged well. Mm. Okay. So I'm giving it to Robert Smith. Roger. <laughs> I think said Roger Smith. Okay. Robert and Jervis. I'm so done. Okay. Jennifer. This is probably the biggest alley-oop layup the slam dunk that anybody could pick, but I had to pick it. Oh, shit. Regina King. Regina King played the hell out of Isha. I loved because this was basically her boys in the hood role, but with more to do. Screen time. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, man, Regina, her being drunk was hilarious. <laughs> I loved every second of her being drunk. I loved Yo. the fact that she threw up when she came out the truck. But on a serious side, I really enjoyed her friendship with Justice. I thought that her and Janet Jackson. The leads in this in this in the in this movie had great chemistry. I I felt like they felt like friends. Um, her and Janet to me felt like friends. I I really enjoyed their um back and forth with each other. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. that that same you pulled you you brought it up that same scene where mm-hmm. she was just like you know you acted like a drunk bitch and she was like why are you calling me a bitch and. Mm-hmm. You know when she was like, "That's how my mama used to do," and she was like, "Oh, that right there let me know that like one, you're my best friend." Well, she says you're my best friend, but it's just like you can see like, "Hey, man, like I'm sorry. I love yeah. you, and you're my friend, and I would never try to like hurt you." But just everything from when she <laughs> when she go to the salon to get their braids, and she was just like, "You got the hair." She was like, "What you think this is?" <laughs> <laughs> to the fact that she started telling talking shit to Chicago and telling the nigga he couldn't hang to the yeah. to the point to the uh the scene where this whole time um Jesse is like going off on them and she's like nigga I got a whole fucking ice pack on my eye and you talking shit right now like <laughs> she's yeah. like what you talking about like we just worry about this I'm, on Monday I'm hurt <laughs> <laughs> Yo, but I felt like Regina King. I love Hood Regina King. We ain't get a lot of Hood mm-hmm. Regina King, but I love Hood Regina King, man. And I just think she, she did her. Set it off. Mm. That would have been damn good. Who did she take the place of? Uh, Kimberly Lee. Well, no, cause she not. No, Vivica Fox. Ooh. I say Vivica Fox. Ooh, yeah, I say Vivica nah, Fox. Nah, I don't want her to be bougie. I, to be honest with you, you are gonna think I'm crazy. No, Vivica wasn't bougie. She was. If you say Cleo, you think Cleo? No. Oh. Jada role. Oh, you know what? That yeah, that's the alley for a show. She she could have. Hmm. I can see that. I can see that. Yeah. Them box braids. Mm-hmm. That bob. Everything. Yeah. Now I don't know if she could have pulled off I'm in a bind Nate, but <laughs> I'm in a bind Nate. I can't wait till we do that movie. <laughs> Grow up. <laughs> I'm in a bind Nate. Black, black heist movies. <laughs> <laughs> 
Season four. <laughs> I'm in a bind, Nate. <laughs> no, I feel like I feel like Regina King could have led that movie. I think I think Jada in that role, like I get it because of who Jada was at that time. But you put Regina King in that, we got a completely different movie. Yeah. We got a completely yeah. different movie. Um, next category. What was the moral, and did the director get his point across, right? Um, it depends on what storyline. Look at that. <laughs> First moral is, if you're gay, don't take phone calls at the shop. You're so terrible. never figure out what happens. Um, secondly, if you know a motherfucker sleep with your man, don't kiss him because you're going <laughs> to take that pussy on your lips. Box braids helps your poetry. Um, if you <laughs> drive outside of a black neighborhood, there's no Mad Dog 2020. Um, what else? Oh, First of all, California, it wasn't it wear, wasn't it wasn't Mad Dog 2020. It was a 40 ounce. A 40 ounce. There you go. And he got a got fucking Miller Lite. He got a tall can of Miller Lite. Okay. Hey. Um, also, in California, you can wear jackets and and beanies and shit and not sweat. Apparently. I didn't know. That ha- bro, have you ever been to California at night? Mm, only the daytime. I fly back when the sun set. It gets cold at night, bro. <laughs> I'm sure and there, and there, there, are, so there are days where it gets cold because of the water coming off the water and shit. I don't know why, I don't know why people think you, you I know, know bro, it's a joke. I'm from <laughs> Michigan. We were surrounded by water. I get it. <laughs> No, nah, you're not the first. You're not the first person that I heard that from, and I'm just like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Okay, wait, this is a joke. I, as a smart person, understand that near water, yeah. But so let's scratch that one. Cut that shit out. <laughs> Cole, go shoot me through the phone. Um, no, all in all, honestly, I think I don't know how to say this like beautifully, but I think it really was about handling your grief and not letting it handle you Mm. because you can still go through shit and miss people and go through trauma and yet you still have to learn how to live because life goes on justice learned how to live lucky had went through his trauma Mm -hmm. um even chicago like your actions that led you to being separated from the group Mm -hmm. and then even isha would realizing that your alcoholism is negatively affecting the people closest to you. Mm-hmm. And it seems like justice is the only person who going to call you on your shit. So it's about dealing with your grief and your trauma, but not letting it control you. And then like, how do you move through that space mm-hmm. with that trauma and that grief? And I think he did do a good job because as much shit as I gave the ending, I do like this beautiful, happy ending of we've both been through shit and through our interactions, this entire movie, we've both grown from it. Right. Justice grew a little bit quicker, but also her trauma was what two years prior? Yeah. So hers wasn't as fresh. So I'm I I honestly think he did a good job getting it across. Well, you basically took my whole point. Um my point No, 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 that's a good thing. That means we're we're on the same page. Come on and now. Black Lightning was a great show. Okay, and I got damn. But be open to move past your grief. Be open to live is what I put. Um, I have pretty much the same points. Like, everybody had to learn. Everybody learned something 
through this small trip and everybody had to learn how to live or be open to more life. Like, um, you know, with Pac and his whole thing with music, like his the death of his cousin is pretty this is what I took from it, is pretty much helping him move forward what his dream is and being open yeah. to do that. Justice learned to make a new friend, whether he is going to be her relationship or not. She learned how to move past the grief of her of her boyfriend. Um, we have Isha who learns how to be a better friend to to Justice and learn that she she fucks up too and she's not the best. I don't really know what Chicago learned. Cause that nigga still picked this shit up and he was brushing his hair. He was like, Man, I'm just not having a good day. But I think even if you didn't like we all learn from something. There's no way, even if he's actively working on it, he's aware of what happened. She talks shit about your dick, about your performance, and you might go on your life just the same, but that's not leaving you. Mm-hmm. Especially that nigga like Chicago. If I could point out the last bitch left you because you couldn't hang, and I'm leaving you because you can't hang, that's going to change how you maneuver going forward, even if it changes for the worse. Mm. Even if he's a worse person, I still think you're... You're learning from this bullshit that you've been through. I don't agree. I don't feel like he learned shit. Even if he did get, even if he did get left, I just felt like he was the only motherfucker that. To, I don't know. I guess the way it ended, I just feel like yeah. I said this nigga ain't gonna change, <laughs> and he might not. But he is going to change in the sense that, even if he's still a terrible person, when you look at things. I got to bring it up. These Kevin Samuel apologists. That shows you that he has learned because now I know I'm giving this motherfucker money Mm -hmm. and I still ended up here. I'm treating her to this, that, and the third things that I Chicago think is just so great. Mm -hmm. So this next chick, she going to either have to work harder or I'm going to give her this shit knowing I could just drop her at any minute. I, I don't think. Even if he came off as a worse person, he still learned from this. Like, mm. nigga, you walking 15 miles to Oakland in the hot desert heat. Nigga, you learned something. <laughs> right. Right. <Shit. laughs> um, next category. Could this be made in 2021? Could this be a show and or movie in 2021? If so, what streaming service and how many episodes are we going to do? Maybe not 2021, but 2020. I mean, 20. What is wrong yeah. with me? 2022. <laughs> I'm sorry. No, you straight nigga. Um, I think it could be. And mm. honestly, for me, I'm leaning into the Atlanta of it all. Not necessarily the kooky, crazy stuff, but I would love to have an eight episode season of a show where you are literally on the road for every episode, so that you're getting this. Um, you get your flashbacks so you could be in other settings and whatnot, but I like the idea of characters in a room by themselves, mm-hmm. in a space by themselves, where you are forced to, you're relying on the characters for the story and not plot. Mm-hmm. Like you're relying on their past experiences, learning these new things about them, developing things like, like even the, the um, what'd you say, Dookie and Monster? Yeah. Yeah, even that scene like having that explored a little bit more mm-hmm. like in episode six and it's like okay her and homeboy and got together you can calm down now you expand on that a bit but i do like this idea that we get a more surreal eight episode limited series of these four black people traveling the country and we and don't even tell us where they're going mm-hmm. you know um 
even if it's to a hair show and to get music or whatnot, but I just like the idea of sitting with characters. And it may be from my addictions like romance novels and stuff, but mm-hmm. a lot of them have it where they are character-based. You have to get into the minds and the issues of the two main leads and figure out how are they going to make it to the end. Mm-hmm. I like that. So um, HBO or not Netflix because they fire niggas. Um, <laughs> yeah, I say HBO Max. <laughs> Give it a great score. Mm-hmm. Um, wonderful soundtrack. Give it a little bit of Atlanta meets Insecure mm-hmm. meets um, like a very 90s aesthetic show. Yeah. Um, you could even do where you're going through, I say, different timelines and not like some multiverse of madness type shit, but like mm-hmm. you see them driving first couple episodes and we're in 93 but then you see them again in 2003 just showing us that okay they this will still happen in the future and then mm-hmm. you know a dual timeline thing it, but i want something a little bit more black and surreal but it's character focused yeah that's my thought i just said no <laughs> i was like you can't do this like you just it's this movie is way way too 90s for mm-hmm. us to bring it into this time and I think the way, yeah, it's just too 90s. Um, even if they try to make it now and set it back into the 90s, I think a lot of people's mindset on, one, how she was treated or how these women was treated, they couldn't, that wouldn't fly. I think, two, the grief that and depression that, like, um, Justice was going through would be a little too overanalyzed. And I don't think we would be able to, this movie is for this, for that time. You get what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. I just don't feel like we have, we're we're very PC now. I think our buttholes are super tight these days when it comes to this kind of stuff. And I just don't feel like it trans, I'm, I'm just keeping it a stack. I don't yeah. feel like it would, trans, it doesn't translate well to today's standards. Um, I don't feel like we have anybody who could, transition this to this time even if they said it in the 90s during 2022 if that makes sense like i just don't feel like this movie it's a it's a it's a product of the 90s and it just it should just stay there and i don't feel like this would i just don't feel like we could do a movie or a tv show this is just my point of view but i just feel like it's a it's just a very 90s thing especially when you're talking about the hood um, you know what I'm saying? Like some of the stuff that happened when he was just like, like uh, this random conversation Tupac has when he's going to see his mom, and he was just like, "Yo, like, you know what y'all fools up to?" And he was like, "We finna go twist this nigga's cap. We finna go kill this nigga." Yeah. You get what I'm saying? Or the the beginning set, the beginning. Even though this is something that's happening now, but the very beginning, the opening scene where like Justice is with her boyfriend and he gets his brain brains blowed out. You know, I, that's happening now, just very differently, but it's a product of the 90s, and it's just one of those things that I just don't feel like transitions well into today's time. I don't think we have a mind that is that can make that work. Mm, okay. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't, I don't think it's anybody, not taking away from our black creators that we have now. I love the black creators that we have now. 
But I just don't feel like there's a way to transition this into now, even if they said to, even if they said we're making this in 2022, but it's going to be set in 94. It just wouldn't translate well. So I just felt like it just wouldn't work. You don't think you could update it? If you if they gave you a button that said do this, Damn. it's so '90s, man. Like the not everything is cyclical because we do re, we are redoing a lot of things from the '90s now. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like hairstyles, uh, certain clothes that that are being yeah. worn, stuff like that. I, I just don't feel like even if they gave me the budget, I don't think I can make it work. I just couldn't make it work, man. And even if I could, it would be very. 90s like like you can't even i don't even think we would be able to the music is that's one thing i didn't really bring up and i should have Mm -hmm. i love the music of this movie oh yeah um there was a lot of songs i was like oh shit like hell yeah i remember that shit man you got a tlc song nigga i'm fucking with it i love tlc nah man even if i was given a budget there's no way I could bring this into 2022. I just couldn't. I couldn't. I couldn't be able to do it. Okay. Not without okay. offending. I think. I think a lot of people would be offended by the way I would do this too. And um, not to say that I'm doing things for other people, but it just it just don't mix well. I like what your idea was. I think that was pretty cool. But there's no way I could bring this. This this should, this is one of those things that should stay in the 90s because it's mm. it's out there to, for me. I get it. Change two actors to make the movie better. This is where you take two characters and change the actors and actresses who would play them uh, that you feel like would make the movie better. Did you have anybody that you would change? Mm-hmm. Who would you change, uh, Rain? Justice. And it would have to be Regina King. So you would switch characters? Um, um, no. Uh, I, I don't know how this is going to be perceived, but I think Robin Givens playing Isha is something I would want to see because I don't think this is a role that she would have taken back then. Like, mm-hmm. that's not a space that I've seen her in. So, and I think she was like 28, 29 when this movie was made. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I would like to see what her take on Isha would be. Mm-hmm. Um, but I only changed her because I changed Regina, who's already Isha, to Justice. But I would also like to see Chicago changed to Lorenz Tate. Uh-uh. I want to see. Uh-uh. I, shit. Mm-mm. I want this short nigga Mm-mm. to Mm-mm. pop up and, and brush them tight ass way. No. Because let me tell you why the put, what the pushback is for me. A year later, we get Men's Society and he's old dog. And you is not going to kill old dog for me. I'm sorry. Old dog is probably one of the greatest West Coast characters I've ever seen in my life. So I'm sorry, Boy. brother. I'm sorry. Okay. Well, cover your ears for this. <laughs> Don't you, you, you? You're not well, gonna, gonna kill you. Brother, then get his. What's his brother name? Oh, All American. <laughs> they look alike. They look close enough alike. But no, I just think that he has the range where he would be able to um, play that character. And I think. How tall is Regina? And I know I don't mean to be so obsessed with height, but I like the idea of a taller woman with a shorter man. And I think she's taller than him, but she may not be. Either way, I just would like to see Regina play justice. Like, I wonder what her take on a lot of these scenes would be. Mm. Um, I still think Janet is the definitive 
Earth 616 Justice. But <laughs> and they said and Earth 616. Justice was, you know, was Regina. So that's really my main one. The Lorenz and the Robin Givens were just like, you know, to have somebody else. But I honestly would like to see Regina play Justice. Hmm. Uh. Interesting. Or Andale play Justice. Who? Andale. From, from the Parkers. From the Park. Get it. I'm so done with you. <laughs> she can play Lucky. You just always think they can just God's gift to studs. Fuck them. <laughs> it's weird. Mm-hmm. But I'm like, maybe she could have pulled it off. Um. I think Sanaa Lathan is Isha. I can see that. I would like to see, and again, I'm not saying it would make the movie better, mm-hmm. but I'm like, we don't get Sanaa. I just feel like maybe Sanaa would have did a pretty good job as Isha. I think this was, I think, like this, I think that was around about the same. I think she, I don't think she ever really took a role like that before. I would like to see yeah. her as, I don't want to change Janet Jackson at all. Mm. I just feel like Janet, this was her moment. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to take that away from her. And Regina King ends up being Regina King. Like, let's just be honest. Oh, yeah. But I was like, what about Sanaa Lathan is like Isha? You know what I'm saying? Like, could she have played that role? I mean, she's, mm. you know what I'm saying? Like, I just was trying, I was trying to think outside of the box. Yeah. Um, and I most definitely was trying to recast Chicago, but I couldn't think of nobody who could, who could. Not that Joe Torrey was that good of an actor that I could find, but I was like, who was who was popping back in them days? Eddie Murphy. Hell no, Eddie Murphy is <laughs> he boomerang around about this time. There's no way he could do hey. that. He was he, Eddie Murphy was so much bigger than this movie too. Hell no, nah. nah. Hell was big. No, Eddie Murphy was a mega star at this time. Early nineties. Martin Lawrence could have paid. Nah. Chicago. Mm-mm. I don't think Why that would have worked either. I I I don't know. I don't want a comedian. I just wanted somebody who I would I want Chicago to be more hateable. You know mm. what I'm saying? Like Joe Torrey you know. cracking these jokes and brushing his hair and shit like that. I just I don't know. I really wish they could have found somebody else to be Chicago, but I couldn't find any I couldn't think of Blair Underwood. <laughs> it's evil ass. Then he tried to throw that girl from the balcony. <laughs> That's not funny. The only person Yo. I think that would be around about that could fit, and I just came up with this just a second ago. Like this, I don't have anything anybody. I just put Chicago and I got question marks. But maybe Khalil mm-hmm. Kane, um, who was Bishop from Juice, maybe mm-hmm. you could he could have been Chicago. Okay, but th- th- clearly, I just I wasn't. I'm not trying to take away from Joe Torre. He did what he did for the movie, but he just wasn't a good. He just didn't fit to me. And then it, when they turned him into this bad dude, like you kind of one, we're missing scenes, so we don't know why he became yeah. the villain. But you know, I just feel like maybe Khalil Kane from Juice could have did this. We could have had yeah. a Juice reunion. We could have a juice wow. reunion. All right, final category, and then we're done. 
Rain, mm. who won the movie? Who won the movie? I would like to say Haywood, but shit, we don't know if he got a <laughs> test result or a dead lover. Like, he was partying at the end, so he might have been straight. Yeah. Um, probably. It's between Jesse and Lucky. Because Jesse still ended up with her business, so everything nothing changed. <laughs> What is with you and this? What is you? What is with you and Jesse, man? Like, hey, Jesse, I don't understand was, this whole infatuation with She deep worship. She, <laughs> oof, my God, um, and she tall too. You already know, she Coco. Um, but no, I, I probably have to say Lucky because, uh, to be quite honest, he's working at a good job. He's in the union. He did this trip, no matter how stressful it is. No, I'm serious. No, 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 no. I'm, I'm seriously saying that because I used to work in a factory. No, no, no. I'm serious. <laughs> He's in the union, so no, he got to be all no, right. No, because with the union, you have those protections that Chicago didn't have. Chicago probably made a little bit more money uh, because he didn't have those protections. But right. Lucky had those protections. He had a good job because even mm. now, being in the postal service is a good job. Got them benefits and everything. Um, you're staying at home with your mom, not to say like that's the greatest thing, but you have a relationship with her, so you have a connection to, to someone. Um, you got your daughter, you took her out of a very negative situation. Though you lost your cousin, you have a little bit more motivation for pushing through and getting this music out there. Mm-hmm. You ended up with the girl who is clearly going to be a good parent to your daughter. I think all in all, he came out on the other side. Right. Much better than anybody else. Mm. So, I got to give it to Lucky. Man, and my Jesse has RB. My shit is such a layup. It is Justice. She made it through her grief. She made it through her. Gr- Justice went through. Okay, hear me out. I'm listening. Justice went through. A major happening in the beginning of the movie where her boyfriend got killed in front of her. Mm. She grieves. She, I think she was in the beginning went through, I think we see her going through hair school. Like she went to like, I think she was in hair school and then she ended up having this job at the salon and and she's a beautician. She goes on this trip, meets a guy that she's rejected before, eventually falling for him. She has this great trip. That Clearly, she hasn't been doing shit for the last two years. She's just been wearing black and writing poems and shit. And it took like this one. <laughs> That's the truth. She ain't even doing shit. She got still got new growth. And then she ends, up, <laughs> she ends up taking this trip that changes her life and trajectory. She ends up finding this nigga that she don't like at the beginning, but ends up falling for him later on. Um, mm-hmm. she, gets, she gets through the hair show, which apparently they did good at. And then they get back, and then Lucky shows up, and then she meets Lucky's daughter, and they possibly are in a relationship. It's kind of ambiguous. We don't really know what happens after that, but and she doesn't wear black anymore. She hangs up her black clothes, gets rid of all that shit, wears white, ties a t-shirt around her box braids, and she good. Still got a friend. Um, Her and Isha still cool. She still got a job. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. She ends up happy. And again, 
when you watch the movie, she don't really smile through the whole movie. She gets a big old smile at the end, and she's happy. And we get the song together, not not Living together here. Yeah, <laughs> no, oh. something to, to see you again, see you again, or whatever. Stop. So the winner is Justice. Justice wins the movie. The winner is Gloria. Who? From Wayne to Excel. I'm so done with you. Look, stop. (laughs) Stop. Stop. It's the same universe, bro. No, I'm so done with you. (laughs) You move to Arizona. (laughs) We in the we in the Wayne to Excel universe. Anyway. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Guys, thank you for joining us. If you have your own opinion about who won the movie or any of the questions that we asked at the end of this show or through our categories, please, while you're listening to this, please add us at We Watch This and let us use the hashtag WWTPod and let us know what you think. What are your, who would you recast? What would you, who really won the movie? What do you think about Poetic Justice? Those are the type of things we want to hear from you guys when you're listening to the podcast. We really enjoy Rain, let everybody know where they can get in touch with you. All right, y'all. You can hit me up on Twitter, uh, Rain Coleman, uh, Carefree Blur, one of them. I'll be on Twitter talking about shit. Uh, Instagram, uh, Carefree Black Nerd or Rain Coleman there. And shit, email me, carefreeblacknerd at gmail.com. But if it's about this show, put it in the hashtag WWTPod. And if you guys want to reach out to me, I'm always on Twitter letting my tweets go. It's at Cole Jackson one two. So just let me know, man, and use the hashtag WWDPod, and and I'll and we'll we'll go have a back and forth. Um, thank you guys for joining us, and hopefully you enjoyed this third season where we cel- we're celebrating Spike Lee and John Singleton. Thank you, and uh, we'll catch you next week. Young girls don't know they cooch from a hole in the wall. <laughs>